LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, this is JD. Before we jump in to ask me anything for today, I want to tell you about something I'm pretty excited about. You know, small groups typically meet once a week. I would imagine a lot of you are involved in a small group. I am. But life happens every day. And that's why LifeWay created the Daily Discipleship Guide. It's a new addition to the Bible Studies for Life curriculum that gets used at the weekly meeting that, to help generate discussion. It also contains five daily devotionals that'll reinforce the learning that you're doing all week long. It's gonna give you a consistent time in God's Word that's gonna help you create that, the habit of daily Bible reading. There are few things as valuable in my spiritual life as daily getting into the Word of God. It's an essential behavior for growing disciples. And so I'm excited about this resource, and they're a big part of our podcast here and help them make it possible. So if you'll go to BibleStudiesForLife.com slash DDG, you can download four free sessions there of the Daily Discipleship Guide, and I promise you, you won't be sorry. And now I hope you enjoy. Ask me anything. anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. I am your host, Matt Love. And uh, J.D., I'm actually very interested in this question today because we've been doing something around the summit, Who's Your One, really putting an emphasis on kind of building relationships with people that are far from God. And I think when Christians think about meeting friends that aren't Christians, talking to people that don't believe the same things they believe, one of the scariest potential conversations or potential interactions is with someone who says, I don't believe in God at all. I'm an atheist. I feel like we all kind of have that moment of like, oh, okay, I don't know what to do with that. Right. So the question today is just how do you respond to somebody who is an atheist? Says, I don't believe in God at all. How do you engage with a person like no, that? No, great question. I'll tell you why it's relevant for me, Matt. I actually was on a flight last week, and I sat next to a guy who identified himself very quickly as um, an atheist. He yeah. was from uh, from Latin America, and he was man, he's just extremely intelligent, and he'd, he'd, he'd be well-educated. And I could tell about 10 minutes into the conversation, I was like, oh, I'm his one, because uh, he just <laughs> unloaded on me. And, uh, you know, I, I think even um, the way we kind of set it up, there's a, a set of questions that I like to ask an atheist. This is yeah. how I remember Because, you know, you're right. In that moment, you kind of like, you're trying to remember all the things you ever read. Freeze up, trying to remember all the apolog- apologetic right. things you've ever thought of before. Right, and, yeah. the teleocosmological <laughs> something. You're like, what am I doing here? Yeah. So rather than all that, I just think, I think here's five or four or five questions I try to, to ask because uh, this is what Francis Schaeffer, the great apologist of the previous generation, he called this blowing the roof off. Hmm. Meaning like rather than just uh, taking all of our time to defend what we believe, sometimes you just want to help them see the internal inconsistencies. And atheism is a very internally inconsistent yeah. um, faith. It's one of the things that you, you find is that for all the intellectual rigor that goes in it, there's some really basic you know, things that, that, that are really helpful to explore. For a question, um, uh, for example, I always ask the question, the obvious one, okay, what about, what about ultimate origins? And I always quote Dawkins here because Dawkins, uh, Richard Dawkins, who wrote, you know, the, the God delusion, he says, hey, Darwin's theory works for biology. Darwin's theory, he believes, explains everything after the Big Bang, but it doesn't work for cosmology or ultimate origins. Uh, he admits it's a problem. He says, he says, ultimately, cosmology is waiting on its Darwin because he knows it's, I mean, it's self-evident that nothing times nobody can't equal everything. Yeah. And eventually, you can't push it back far enough and just say, well, matter must be eternal because how can something inherently in and of itself be eternal? It's just a, it's a, it's a big problem. He says, we've got to have a theory that explains why there's something rather than nothing. He says, but, you know, don't worry because ultimately, 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 we're, you know, we'll figure it out, which 
is ironically a pretty big faith leap. Yeah, right? which is interesting because I feel like most atheists would kind of say like the whole point of it is I don't have you have faith in all this stuff that you don't understand. I'm just dealing with what I can see. Right. But really there's right off the bat there's this moment of well no you're actually taking the same leap of faith that I'm taking at some level maybe even a bigger one. Right, cuz you get I mean, you get to the ultimate question. Yeah. Why, why is there something rather than nothing? Cuz nothing times nobody can equal everything and they say, well, we don't know but I'm sure there's an answer out there somewhere. Yeah. All right, so what about origins? Here here's one that's related to that is what about all the not just apparent design but what some scientists say might be the greatest indication that there's an, a, a creator behind all this and it's just this they call it the Goldilocks principle. Yeah. Remember your favorite book when you were a kid, Goldilocks. Yes. And I think it's still your favorite book now. Yeah, isn't right, I? right this morning. But remember, remember the soup was just right, not too hot, not too cold. Yeah. Um, it's it, the, the more technical term is the anthropomorphic principle, mm-hmm. and it's basically that that our world seems ideally designed to sustain life. Yeah. I don't. This is not the place to go into all the science, but it's things like the the, the ratio of the gases in the atmosphere, nitrogen, CO two. I mean, if CO two they say were up by even a half percent more, life could not be sustained on Earth. The tilt of the Earth, twenty three and a half degrees, if it were just another degree or two, you couldn't sustain life on Earth. Even little odd things like the fact that water, the water molecule, when it freezes, it's the only molecule that when it freezes actually becomes lighter than it is when it's a liquid, yeah. which means that ice doesn't um, go sink to the bottom of the huh, ocean. Yeah, it floats. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if it sunk to the bottom of the ocean, you would freeze the oceans from the bottom up and we would, you know, we would all die. <laughs> uh, so there's all these things that are like, like this is, I, I can't remember the exact statistic, but the odds of it just kind of happening are just so astronomical, no pun intended, yeah. that you're like, something obviously tweaked it so that it could sustain life on Earth. Yeah. Um, so what about that? That's the second question. The third question is, what about, you know, what about the problem of evil? Uh, that's always one that atheists tend to direct toward Christians. Like, yeah. well, if there's a good God, then how could you know bad things be happening? But it actually is a more intellectual problem for them because according to an atheistic worldview, there really is no such thing as evil. And, and this is not smoke and mirrors. It's, yeah. it's a legitimate point. You know, it's like if all there is are materials and there's no divine lawgiver— then all we have are things that are useful for the propagation of yeah. of the species, yeah. not things that are evil in and of themselves. Yeah. And so I might be able to argue that loving my neighbor, if everybody would do that, that'd be good for the species. But I'm not saying that's inherently good because, hey, the reason that we're here is we got here through survival of the fittest. Yeah. And if we got here because, you know, certain of our ancestors raped and killed and clawed their way to the top. Yeah. Well, that's just what is. It's yeah. not there, there is no there is no statement about ought. Yeah. Um, and so it's a real, you know, I actually this guy on the on the plane, this is where we, we kept going to. I'm like, you, you have to stop saying that something is evil because yeah. there is no evil. It's just it's just in your estimation, useful or not. Yeah. Useful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I was just reading something that where that was their exact point. It was an atheistic person kind of talking and they were basically just saying, yeah, this was something that evolved because we needed some way to justify kind of power structures in the world or yeah, that this is something that helped us cooperate in bigger groups. But what you're saying is that's, that's fine as long as you're basically willing to say, well, then that means it's not really real. Like there actually isn't anything behind that. You're just kind of Making evil is an illusion. There's something in us that knows that no, that's not only not useful. That's evil. Yeah. Somebody that 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 targets one type of person, um, whether it's a race or whether yeah. a, a certain demographic, and just says they're worthless and and we should be able to trample over them. You say, well, that's not just unhelpful for the species. That that's evil inherently. Evil. And that justice issue, I think, is a place where this really plays out really specifically. Is like where that kind of manifests. So just talk to that. Like, what does that look like for kind of the idea of justice? Yeah, no, no, that's that's, that's a great point. Um, because when you look at um, the great justice movements in history, they've all been led by this ought to. 
Hmm. You know, Martin Luther King, when he when he led for civil rights in our culture, he he built it on the idea that hey, the status quo might be working for some, but the status quo is inherently unjust. Yeah, there might have been a lot of you know white people in power at the time who might have said actually. You know, Dr. King, it actually works great for us. It, yeah. it actually is helping us and our kind succeed. But he said, no, all men are created by God equally in his image. And it doesn't matter if this is useful for you. It's it's evil. So when you say there's no such thing as evil, you you kind of neuter the ability to, 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 to call for justice. It's interesting. This guy on the plane actually admitted. He said, yeah, I admit that every justice movement that we've seen over the last, you know, two, 3,000 years has come because somebody was appealing to the way God designed it to be and the way that it is is not the way that he wants it to be. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's an important one. One more I'll, I'll give on this one before I think the ultimate uh, yeah. saving Jassim is, is what about what about the sense of personhood that we have? You know, if all we are in there are chemicals bouncing around, then consciousness is an illusion. Love that I feel for my wife is not really it's not really love. It's basically a, a way my brain is tricking me to yeah. have a relationship that will ultimately further, you know, my DNA so yeah. that it can right. And by the way, that's not a good line to use on Valentine's yeah, Day. No. Like, hey, the chemicals in my brain have somehow attached significance to you to propagate my DNA into the next generation. It's just it doesn't have that <laughs> yeah. romantic ring. So not, that doesn't make a good card. You know, <laughs> exactly right. You know, but but it really is. I mean, it, it, just to to show you that I'm not. This is not like a cheap shot. I'm taking Christopher Hitchens, the famous atheist, yeah. when he was in the hospital the last years of his life. The last days of his life, and they were talking about how his body was struggling with cancer and all this. And he says, "You're, you're fighting, but your body." He said, "He said, stop saying that." He says, "There is no, there's no me. There's just I am my body." Like, yeah. Right. And Steve Jobs, uh, right before he died, he kind of recognized that this was it was very unsatisfactory to him. The final interview Steve Jobs gave before he died, I think it was on 60 Minutes. The interviewer asked, "Do you believe in God or not?" And he said, "You know, throughout my life, I've had seasons where I did and seasons where I didn't." He said, uh, you know, as I get here to the end of my life, he said, it's um, kind of amazing to me because I find myself believing in God a lot more and wanting to believe in God. He said, because I just don't like the idea that there can be an an off switch where everything just fades to black and all the things that I've experienced, all the things that I've built just basically becomes absolutely nothing to me. Yeah. He, He sort of paused. It was really interesting. He said, and he said, incidentally, that's why I've never really liked an on off switch on Mac products. (laughs) Because I just don't like the idea that you turn it off and it's dead. Yeah. I like it to to kind of stay around. And yeah. So there's just something in us that says, no, I'm not just a meaningful sack of chemicals yeah. that are producing an illusion of consciousness. There is a real me and there is a real a real you. That's really good. So those are those are more the philosophical bent. The big one that I, I try to get to is what about Jesus? Yeah. So what about origins? What about design? What about evil? What about personality? And the last one, what about Jesus? This isn't the podcast to go into the reasons for Jesus, but it's like Charles Spurgeon used to say, Jesus, the Bible is like a cage lion. If somebody's attacking it, don't defend it. Just unleash, unlock the cage. It'll defend itself. (laughs) And so just, yeah, I I point them to, hey, who was who was this man that walked in history? Who, what, what, what was the truth behind the resurrection? Like, how can you deny that something significant, something of God happened? And that's where I try to leave him. And so this guy actually sent him a book just a couple of days ago on 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 the evidence for the wow. resurrection, and I'm praying for him that he'll he'll come to see what what it, you really can't deny, what we've always known to be true, and that is that there is a God who exists and that He loves us. He's a person and He created us in His image. That's really good. Yeah, I think that's really good. There's a few a few questions to ask that are kind of on their turf. Hey, let's talk about some of the things the way you see them. But I like that last question. Like, let's bring it back to like ultimately, this is a question of is Jesus going to be Lord of your life? Are you going to trust Him? Right. So I think that's really good. Hey, can I give you one word end. of encouragement yeah. too, based on what you said at the beginning? It is intimidating to talk to an atheist, but according to Romans one, they already deep down 
inherently know the truth. Yeah. I, I don't mean that they're lying to you. They, they, they may really convince themselves there's no God, but inherently they've always known it to be true and they're suppressing that truth. That yeah. helps me when I'm talking to somebody like that because ultimately I kind of know like, hey, yeah. You know, you, you know, know right. th- yeah. there's something in you. I'm reminding you of what you've always known to be true. That's good. Yeah. So that's, and that's, really not, good. that's not my original line, by the way. Well, thank you so much for that, JD. And uh, guys, I don't know if you know this, but we are a part of a podcast network. And so it's actually called the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. So if you like this podcast, it is very, very likely that you will like some of the other podcasts in the network, like New Churches Q&A Podcast with Daniel M., Ed Stetzer, and Todd Atkins. That's a part of our network family. They've covered topics recently like how to reach first responders, how to do rural church ministry, how to deal with social media and the rise of celebrity pastors. So if you're interested in that or if you just like us, just look up New Churches, two words, on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. So we will see you next time. If you want more from Pastor JD, you can find him on Twitter at JD Greer or on Facebook.com at Facebook.com slash Pastor Greer. We will see you next time.